Yo, what's up, you cowards? Welcome back to Set the Record Straight. My name is Andrew. And I'm Chris. And we're back at you. Right back at it again. Took a long break. Some stuff came up. You know, life. I cut my finger. Almost chopped it off. Had some yeah. stitches. Got those taken out. It's filleted. Filleted. Crazy looking. Yeah. Finger literally was hanging off. That was cool. It was cool. Uh, some life changes. Girl and I, you know, we're doing stuff. It's cool. It's cool. Let's see, what else? Competed in a powerlifting competition in that time. So yeah. I was prepping for that. So that took up a lot of time. We started a few little projects. I don't remember if Pig Tusk was a thing before we recorded the first episode of this little podcast. I think it was. Did we have it recorded? Yeah. Well, you guys should go listen to it. Pigtusk.bandcamp.com. It's a little demo, three-song demo. It's pretty yeah. sick. It's like ultra grindcore. Yeah, bruh. Slammy. It's like Dying Fetus and Hate Breed and a bunch of other weird bands thrown into the mix. It's actually pretty cool. Yeah, it makes you want to throw your fist through a wall. Yeah, I, I actually was just listening to it the other day, and I, it's like, it's refreshing, you know, because it's, I don't know, like, we've been in and out of bands for a long time. We've made music for a long time and stuff like that, and but we've never made anything like Pig Tusk. You know, we've never been in like a metal band, really, like a serious band, even though it's not really serious because it's just you and I. Yeah. But the music is actually like thought out and took time to actually work on these songs and not just like, hey, that's a cool idea. Press record. Let's go ahead and start fucking writing. Writing. I don't know why I said that. But I actually like sat down, wrote these songs, brought them to Chris. You know, we arranged them, recorded some sick demos. Hopefully, when my finger heals up, I can start playing guitar again because I want to make some more Pig Tusk. Yeah, best metal release 2017, no doubt. Oh, yeah, dude. Yeah. That should be up for a Grammy nomination right there. Yeah. Let's see what else. We uh, started doing these little indie rock, emo, pop, punk, pop songs. I don't even know what they are. They're fun. They're like yeah. little rock songs. Those are cool. Got those coming eventually. Very atmospheric and emotional. Mm -hmm. Again, Finger kind of got in the way of that. <laughs> we were doing pretty good. We have three pre-production little demos of songs that we recorded. Um, so that's cool. It'd be nice to get back to that. Maybe find a bass player to record some bass or mm -hmm. get a hand, get our hands on a bass relatively cheap so we can record some bass. Because Pig Tusk doesn't have bass. No. But you can't really tell. Yeah. Because the way you like yeah, mixed it and stuff like that. down-tuned. Yeah. What so you, you do is you just take the guitar track, you double it, and then you pitch shift it, and you cheat. Yes. So <laughs> for all of you dudes and dudettes out there that are trying to record cheaply, that's one little secret. Just don't record bass. You yeah. don't need it. No, you don't need bass. Pig Destroyer didn't have bass. Exactly. I don't know if they do or not now, but they didn't for the longest time. Yeah. So, Chris, how have you been, man? We just basically just talked about myself. I've been pretty good. Yeah. You know, just going to school and not having a job because I'm going to school, being lazy. It must be nice. Yeah. Yeah. It's all right. It's kind of annoying. But, I mean, at least you did it smartly, or more smart, I mean, and, you know, and didn't just quit your job. You yeah. saved up money and stuff like that because you were like, hey, I'm just going to do this and focus more yeah. on school. And also, didn't wasn't it like the, the schedules were conflicting and stuff? Yeah, I had to go to school in the morning, and then yeah. I had work in the morning also, so I couldn't do both at the same time. So I just saved up a bunch of money. 
It said, screw you, man. Yeah. And by the man, I mean your boss. Yeah. And then my car is like, oh, fuck you, dude. You need new struts now. Oh, fuck you. You need new tires. Oh, fuck you. You need new wheels. <laughs> so, like, $800 later so far, maybe 1200 or something. <laughs> Yay. Yeah. I mean, that, that that's life, man. You know? It's what all the people say. Yeah. Riding high in April, shot down in May. <laughs> well, speaking of being shot down in May, let's just jump right into the the meat and potatoes of this damn show today. Yeah, the damn show. The Grammys. Grammys. Fuck the Grammys. Fuck the Grammys. Okay, so the final. Okay, the Grammys will air live on CBS from Madison Square Garden in New York City on Sunday, January twenty eighth, and the final round of Grammy voting runs from December seventh through the twenty first. So, cool. Whatever. Mm-hmm. Grammys. I don't usually ever pay too much attention to it because, well, it's not music that I listen to. Same with you, right? No, yeah, I don't listen to any of that, really. Right. I mean, there's a few stuff on here, like Kendrick Lamar, his his record was pretty good this year, or last year, I don't remember when it came out. I mean, Yeah, but damn. Yeah, not enough for me to actually care too much. So, I wasn't really interested mm-hmm. until I saw something happen. Oh, yeah. Code Everyone. Orange, for their record, Forever is up for best metal record of the year nomination. Now, I don't know if it's best record of the year or just best record, like metal record. Yeah, yep. But the fact that Code Orange is a Grammy-nominated band makes me want to smash my head into a wall. (laughs) Because now they are officially representing the underground hardcore metal scene. Mm Mm-hmm. These, they're, they're our age, if not even younger than us. And they started off with, like, their sound was different, you know? They were chaotic yeah, it's very and spazzy. Yes. They'd have really heavy parts, and then they would just stop. Yes, it was more, I'd honestly say thought-provoking. Yeah. You know, it yeah. was in almost intelligently written, which is cool. You know, not a lot of bands in our little metal, underground, hardcore scene did mm. stuff like that. I mean, they, they did, but not really gained much popularity from it. Well, they did gain popularity, and they started climbing. And then they put out I Am King, which numbed it down a lot, or dumbed it down a lot, I should say, and completely different band. Yeah, I, know? Re- I really liked that record. Agreed. That was, I also... That was very brutal. Yeah. Now, then, fast forward two years, actually, during that time, they dropped the kids. Oh, yeah, they dropped the kids. They're Be- serious now. Yeah, and became Code Orange. And started saying stuff like Code Orange Forever and this forever. is the real shit or whatever they say. And now they have the record Forever out. And it's just a steamy pile of dog shit. Uh, yeah, I didn't care for it that much. It it pissed me off because it would be going good and then it would just stop and there'd be static. And then they would have like a part. Like they say something stupid and then it's like... Yeah. Dun, dun. Like, what? Yeah, I really didn't understand, because I thought they were good songs, and then they would just chop it off. Yeah. I just, I didn't get it. I don't know. And I don't know if they did this on purpose, but Bleeding in the Blur was totally thrown on there for popularity reasons. They wanted a song that was going to get them out there, because that's the only song that ever gets any airtime on radios. It's the only song that gets any real attention on TV. Like, there's a wrestler in NXT, the wrestling Federation yeah. that uses that song as his entrance. I do like that song though. Yeah, I, I do like it <laughs> I too. It. If it was from a different band, 
because it is Code Orange, it just sounds weird to me because it's the only song on the record like that. Everything else is like super heavy and stuff like that. And you know, don't get me wrong, I don't care if a band sings and stuff like that, but it's just so different for me. It's like a grunge song just kind of thrown in there. And I have the same, this is the same problem I have with a lot of A Day to Remember of some of their newer records. Like half the CD's really fucking heavy. The other later half, super fucking poppy, like radio poppy with no uncleans. And it's like two different bands. That's kind of how I feel with Code Orange with Bleeding in the Blur and the rest of Forever. And I think, I literally think they wrote that just to get airtime, get popular. I, I do like bands that do that kind of stuff. Like, uh, like Dillinger does that, but they seem to mix it up a lot better to where it all congeals together mm-hmm. instead of being two completely separate things. They find a way to intermingle it all. Yeah. yeah. Every time I die. Perfect example. Every time of that. I die. Yeah. They've been doing it for 20 years, mingling that together, hardcore and metal with punk and pop. Like they're the perfect example of what it should be. You know, because anytime you hear a, a clean singing song by Every Time I Die, you're like, okay, sick. This still has Every Time I Die elements. Then you hear a heavy song by Every Time I Die, you're like, this still has Every Time I Die elements. I mean, I guess Bleeding in the Blur still has elements. You know, they did have Dreams of Inertia or Dreams in Inertia or whatever Inertia, yeah. on I Am King. And it was kind of similar to that, but it fit the flow of the record more, in my personal opinion. Now, I haven't actually sat down to listen to all of Forever back to back, like, a lot. I think I've only listened to the whole thing maybe once, but I've heard the songs individually on its own. But I Am King, for example, I listened to that thing straight through probably 20, 30 times because I used to listen to it a lot of work. And I, I remember I was like, I was like, I'm going to give this band a shot because I didn't like the older stuff. I'm like, I'm going to give this band a shot, see what's up. And I bought it on iTunes on a whim and I was like, holy crap, this is cool. But with Forever, I just feel like in my, again, my personal opinion, Bleeding in the Blur doesn't fit. No, it just kind of comes in out of nowhere. Yeah. And like I said, Hey, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe these 20-year-olds didn't write this song to skyrocket to a higher stratosphere to the point where they're nominated for a Grammy to make money. But hey, who am I? You know? Yeah, I don't know. It's not me to judge. I'm just we're just two dudes sitting in a shitty small apartment telling you what we think. Yeah. Now, yeah. Again, hate. I guess it's cool. Yeah. Great. They're representing the metal and hardcore scene, the underground metal and hardcore scene that you and I love. You know, we go to shows, we support it as much as we can, we play in bands like that. Cool. Yeah, I think it's pretty neat because kids will see them and they'll be like, oh my god, this is the heaviest thing I've ever heard, and then maybe they'll dig deeper into their influences. Yeah. Just like I found with Slipknot, I got into Slipknot a long time ago, and then they were touring with Dillinger Escape Plan, I checked them out, I was like, holy shit. I discovered Ozfest and discovered the Black Dahlia Murder, and I was like, holy shit. Yeah. And then I looked at all their influences and was like, holy shit. Yeah. And there's a lot of holy shitting <laughs> for just that one mainstream, slipknot, popular kind of band. You just kind of dive headfirst into all the other stuff if you're yeah. really into it. No, so I'm, maybe Code Orange is the slipknot of the 2010s <laughs> or whatever you want to call it. Yeah, and I totally agree. I mean, I feel like a lot of kids our age, that is definitely how it happened. Or they had, like, an older sibling, you know, that listened to the stuff before that. But we didn't Mm -hmm. because you're the oldest sibling in your situation, and my older brother doesn't like this type of music. 
you know, it just, it went right over him, and he's, I don't even know what he likes when it comes to music. I don't know, didn't he really like Dave Matthews for a long time? Yeah, 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 he was definitely a Dave Matthews band guy. I, uh, I tried, I mean, he'd be like, dude, listen to this record, it's so cool, it's really, like, just cool, I'm like, alright, I listen to it, I'm like, even then, when I, like, was, like, younger, I'm like, man, this sucks, and I grow up, I'm like, this sucks. I don't know if I've ever actually listened to a record by Dave Matthews Band. I tried. I tried. I tried. But I think, it, I mean, like, I'm mad, but I'm also super stoked because of exactly what you just said. This now opens the door for kids to get lost in the world that is underground metal and hardcore. Mm-hmm. You know, because like you said, you listen to Slipknot, which led you to Dillinger, and so forth and so forth. So hopefully, maybe in like 10 years, we'll see kids listening to, I don't even know. Like, Disembodied? Yeah, I guess. <laughs> They'll have their third, you know, comeback. But I don't know. And then some of the other bands that are also nominated, like, I I, I like the fact, okay, I'll just read off the, the nomination yeah, list. Yeah, read so, that shit. It's Invisible Enemy by August Burns Red, Black Hoodie by Body Count, Black Hoodie, Forever by Code Orange, Sultan's Curse by Mastodon, Clockworks by Meshuggah. Why is Body Count on here? I don't know. Like, because it's political? I, I guess, but... I mean, it's heavy, but I don't... I don't see the appeal. Yeah, it's nothing new. Right. I mean, is it because... They're popular from when they wrote Cop Killer. Probably. Back in the, what, late 80s, early 90s? Yeah. Like... Cop Killer! Cop Killer! That's the only reason that band was remotely popular. No one would give a shit about Ice-T and his crappy metal band if it wasn't for Cop Killer. Just saying it. Now, I can kind of see Meshuggah and Mastodon being on here because those are well-written, intelligent bands. Oh, yeah. Records, you know, like Mastodon. Yeah, they deserve it. Oh, for of course, Mastodon has completely mastered their craft, you know. And same with Meshuggah. That's why Meshuggah is, you know, quoted as like one of the best metal bands ever. You know, Gent, Degent, 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 Degent. That spiraled into almost making its own genre. You know what I mean? Like yeah, just bands. that one guitar tone. Yeah, exactly. And the way he plays it. You know, like, if it wasn't for that, we wouldn't have bands, you know, like Rings of Saturn doing stuff like that. Like, yeah. those type of breakdowns. and Heavy palm muting. Aggressive yeah. picking. Whitechapel. Tuning, tuning to G sharp. Exactly. So, <laughs> it's cool that they're getting kind of like a nod. Mm-hmm. Same with Mastodon. I've never really been a big August Burns Red fan, but I know they... You know, I've had friends who really love metalcore. I think the last thing I heard by them was like that backburner song from yeah. uh, what was that like Messengers or something? I don't know, man. It was a long time ago. I know they're all. I'm I, now. I'm not gonna say I know this 100, percent but I'm pretty sure they're also a Christian band. I think so. I yeah, think which I mean, cool, whatever. Use religion to help make money. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'd do it too. Look at Under Oath. Regular old Jawstein. <laughs> yeah. But I just feel like there should be a better representation of metal for this. Mm-hmm. You know, like, so what we've done is we've compiled our own lists of top five best metal 
records and stuff like that that we would have liked to have seen. Like if they were like, hey, you know, like Warp Tour used to do, like yeah. write down five bands that you want to see play this year's Warp Tour. Like why couldn't the nomin like the Grammys go, hey, send in five bands you'd like to see as a Grammy nomination. You so know, you, you get bands like Dying Fetus, <laughs> and they they can't air that on TV. Yeah, that's true. You'd get wrong one to fuck with. Yeah, or whatever that is. Which but uh, I forgot about. But now that I remember, that's gonna be one of my top five. Because <laughs> wrong one to fuck with was great, and we saw them on Summer Slaughter, and they played. Played that shit flawlessly. Yeah. All they, when the song stopped, they would all stop at the exact same time, yep. start at the exact same time. They perfectly locked in. Mm-hmm. And there's only three of them. Yeah. It was it was fucking crazy. Their timing is impeccable. Yeah. You're absolutely right, and that's why I feel like it was perfect. Yeah. And that's what I think is overlooked a lot in metal is because the name just throws everyone away. They're like dying fetus. Yeah. Uh, no. But it's like. And also, too, the, because of how obscure and, you know, just in your face the music is, they're just, oh, like, yeah. turned <laughs> off by it. But if you listen to it, it's very skillful. Like, can you play that shit? Oh, no. I can't play that on guitar. Like, that's insane. They're sweeping, tugging, like, both of them, flawlessly. John Gallagher and is it Sean? Yeah, he's a bassist. Yeah, the bassist. Like, they're both, the bass player's playing the exact same thing the guitar player's playing. What other, do you think bands like Body Count? I mean, okay, maybe they are. That's <laughs> Maybe I shouldn't have gone to that because that's really easy stuff. Like every band that was nominated, sure, I guess their bass player plays a lot of the same thing. But like a lot of metal bands, the bass player will play a simplified version. They'll play along with the drums. But no, not in like extreme metal. Yeah. Which I feel like should be showcased more for the talent and the skill. And that's why, so is that on your list? Oh, yeah. And that's honestly why uh, my number, coming in five, this isn't in any particular order, but my number five is Immortals' Sons of Northern Darkness from 2002. That record is fucking fast, heavy, brutal, and it's glorious black metal. You know, it like... uh, To me, that's my favorite Immortal record. I don't know if you really ever fucked with... I've never really listened to Black metal or Immortal, but it's like black and death metal. It's got a lot of death metal influences a lot of hair metal influences actually the singer abbott has been he's even come out and said yeah i take old 80s hairstyle riffs or hair metal riffs and just kind of <laughs> twist the, the the arrangement around and play it faster yeah just tremolo pick them yep exactly and that record if you listen to it the stuff that they're playing is you're just like what the drummer inferno or is that nuts no, from behemoth my bad yeah Drummers, and, drummers from Behemoth is Inferno. I can't remember the guy from Immortal, but it's disgusting. Like that's what black metal the whole time. Like just like oh, yeah. double bass the whole time. Like could you keep that up? No. For, imagine playing a whole set, <laughs> forty-five minutes to an hour. Yeah, like black metal drumming is usually pretty simple, but it's also crazy endurance because that's what they're doing the entire time. Yes, and like these are things that should be looked at. You know, for when it comes to winning a prestigious award like a Grammy, like what are the qualifications? Why was Code Orange nominated? Because they're popular, or is it because of the technicality and the songwriting stuff like that? It's because it's popular, yeah, which yeah. I think is stupid. It's because that's what the Grammy people know about. Oh, well, we got to pick metal. Um, what are the kids listening to these yeah. days? What are the kids listening to? Oh, I see you on the NXT, this really heavy band, Code Orange. Oh, this guy's coming out to them. Oh, they had them play live 
for an NXT event. Oh, they must be great. Whoa! I <laughs> oh, haven't even listened to the rest of Forever. Probably just basing it off of Bleeding in the Blur. Yeah. I don't know. Is that your num- is, was that your number five? Yeah, I guess so. It's not really in order. Okay. What were you going to say, though? I cut you off right there. I don't know. Oh, hell no. All right, well, um, not what's, your, what's next on your list? Um, a new Converge album. Ooh, The Dusk and Us? Yeah, it's really fucking good. It's really fast, really technical, but so emotional at the same time. <laughs> yeah, I, again, Converge should be on there. Like, yeah, I haven't seen a bad thing said about that record. And it's approachable. It's not like super heavy, low tuned. I don't even think they play. I mean, I know they play in a dropped tune mm-hmm. tuning, but it's not anything crazy. No, it's probably just around standard or so. Yeah, it's probably like half step down. Maybe even a tad lower, but still, I don't understand. Like, that should be on there over August Burns Red. Any Converge record. Yeah, I don't know who who listens to August Burns Red. That's because I don't see anybody listening to any of this stuff, really. No. I don't know where they find them. That's what I'm saying. Like, I don't understand it either. <sighs> but who are we? You know, like, yeah, apparently know. they're popular. <laughs> They must be making waves somewhere to the point where they're being nominated for a Grammy. Um, <laughs> I told you, before we did this, I, uh, we were making our list and I couldn't think of numbers four and five and I told him I was gonna get a little weird on this. So oh, Chris, my number right. four is Cannibal Corpse, The Bleeding. The Bleeding? The Bleeding, Came yes. Out like 23 years That's ago. why I told you it's gonna be out there in <laughs> left field because I couldn't think of something that I could put on here. But <laughs> the reason why I have Cannibal Corpse as The Bleeding is because it's just fucking brutal. Yeah. And I just love that record. I honestly think, because I, I was listening to a lot of Cannibal Corpse last week, leading up to a couple days ago, and... Uh, Were you inspired by your sliced up finger? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you saw the blood, and you're like, I gotta listen to fucking Cannibal Corpse. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> basically. Um, and I don't know, I was just like, there's a lot of Cannibal Corpse, and I, was, and I listened to a newer record. I think it came out this year. Oh, oh yeah, last year. came out a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, October, it's I think. Yawn, snooze. I haven't even fest. bothered to listen to it yet. It, it's just copy and paste, caveman yeah. metal now. Copy pasta. Yeah, they, they don't. You can tell they just don't really care. Yeah. Metal Blade was like, "Hey, we need a new record." They're like, oh, oh, okay. <laughs> it's Corpse Grinder. I don't know if I've ever actually listened to the bleeding all the way through. I always liked Tomb of the Mutilated the best. Yeah, I love that. I mean, Hammer Smashed Face. Song's great. Dun, 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 dun. I come blood. Addicted I, to vaginal skin. I love like, that live record when Corpse Gunner's like, all right, this one's for the ladies. Oh, fucked with a knife. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that one's from The Bleeding, right? Yeah. Fucked with a knife, yeah. Stripped, raped, and strangled. That song's great. Yeah. It's like rock and roll. That's where Six Feet Under came from, probably. Yeah. I love these rock and roll riffs. Dude, speaking of rock and roll, what about Mosh and Roll by Barrier Dead and Rotten Roll by Rotten fucking roll. Um, Carcass? That's like a, a that. genre that they call themselves. Rotten, Rotten roll. roll. Yes. It's awesome. Carcass is a weird one because I see a bunch of... I don't know. It seems like they're very, very accepted in the uh, the mainstream community for how extreme they are. Yeah. It's, it's weird how popular they get. It's great. Yeah. You know, music videos on MTV and shit. Mm -hmm. 
<laughs> like if it wasn't for Carcass, some of our favorite yeah. people, like metal bands, wouldn't be metal bands. Mm-hmm. Like Trevor from Black Dahlia, that he's got the tattoo on his forearm. Like if it wasn't for Carcass, he in Carcass and at the gates, we probably wouldn't have Black Dahlia. Yeah. So that's why, again, I also feel like they should be, you know, showcased. But whatever. What's another one on your list? Um, unlock this Galaxy S7 device. Oh man. Um, the new Counterparts album is really good. Dude, I thought about putting that on there. Yeah, I liked it a lot. Yeah, I was definitely very impressed by it. Um, Chris, actually, uh, you you were telling me you know I should check it out and stuff like that, and I put it off for a long time. What was it? A couple days ago, I went for a walk, and I was texting you. And I was like, holy crap. Yeah, like, dude. Why haven't we been listening to this? I know, because I used to see their imagery and stuff, and they were, they were popular, and usually when things get popular, it means it's not good and i saw all the flowers and that it did not i didn't care for the image i thought they were just going to be some weird pop punk heavy band thing hybrid <laughs> i don't know what i was thinking but then i actually listened to them and there's it it takes you by surprise because they're they're heavy melodic emotional and you just don't expect it like you expect it to be what you just said like the whole time like I was listening I'm like alright where's the clean singing gonna yeah. come in you know and then there's parts where you'd expect to hear it and don't get me wrong I'm not bashing clean singing by all means I like clean singing if it's done properly but it never happens on this new record no. and I was talking to you and you told me that they used to something yeah. like the, the old guitar player yeah that's what I think I haven't been into him for too long but yeah, that's what I remember reading Um, another one on my list uh, is also kind of out of left field. This is just because I wanted to put Gate Creeper on here. But yeah. it's Gate Creepers. I don't know how to fucking pronounce this. Sonoran Deprivation, I guess. Sounds right. Yeah. Well, this record came out in 2016. They did actually just put out a split two days ago. And not two days ago, like a week ago, maybe <laughs> longer. And it basically is just a continuation. Like, they totally could have just been on this record, which they probably were supposed to, but they probably just chopped the record down, you know, to, for whatever reason. Um, but it's just fast, in-your-face, brutal. Doesn't really deserve to be on my list, but I just really wanted to talk about it. <laughs> like, I used to throw this record on a lot last year when I was prepping for a powerlifting meet because it's heavy. But they do it intelligently. It's not just dun, 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 dun. I can't really explain it. And when I saw them live last year, or was it this year? I can't remember. It may have been the beginning of this year. They were 100% spot on. Like, it's very rare that I see... A metal band that can, like Dying Fetus, can play their technical music note for note without flaw. Now maybe they had flaws when they saw when I saw them. I couldn't tell because yeah, to yeah. me it sounded just like the fucking record. And even the vocalist, which is always the hardest part for me, sounds exactly like he does on the record. That to me is very impressive. Love the Black Dahlia Murder, but the last few times that I've watched either a live video of them or when we saw them, Trevor doesn't sound. I mean, he sounds good. Don't get me wrong. But it's obviously not as good as record. Yeah. And that's the that cannibal corpse, you know, and stuff like that. But that's that's always a that's always a huge problem with metal. It's it's kinda hard to have that consistency when you play live because the style of vocals is fucking hard. For anybody out there who's never actually tried doing it, you know, it's tough to get it to sound right every time. That's what backtracks are for, dude. Dude, there was Just a Just turn up that backtrack. <laughs> there was someone actually, uh, the old guitar player of Oceano, he may have been one of the founding members, Andrew McHale, he posted a pretty long status on Facebook the other day talking about how, cause he's a touring guitar player now, 
and uh, he was just talking about how like every band that like he was he like was approached to or talked to, like he didn't mention any names. But some of these like bigger bands that want him to play played with Backtrack. And I was like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, well-established metal bands. He didn't say who, so he may have been lying just to kind of, like, shake things up a bit. But I was like, fuck. Like, really? I mean, when you do see some of these, uh... It seems like it happens a lot with the deathcore bands. When you see them live on, a, like, a death metal bill. Mm-hmm. It seems a little too perfect, and it sounds a little too good. Yeah. Like, you're not sure if they're just that good, or maybe... Maybe it is a backing track because all the bass booms are placed perfectly. Every, yeah. Everything's just perfect. Yeah. It, it, There's no stuttering in the double bass or anything. Mm-hmm. It's kind of sad because if they really are played to a backtrack, that's a lot of respect for me. We'll definitely go out the window yeah. towards those bands. I wish people would start mentioning names because I want to know who's doing it. Me too. I would love. Like, what like, the fuck? Embarrass them. Yeah. Take a note from Hollywood. They're throwing fucking rapists and sexual abusers names out the yeah. fucking window. Yeah. So do it in metal. I'd rather see a band that's a little bit sloppy than a band just backtracking it. Yeah. Backtracking it. Playing to a backing track. Dude, that new backtrack record, though. I haven't Crickets. heard it. <laughs> <laughs> What's the next list on your... Uh, next thing on your list, you cocksucker. Next thing on my list. Uh, Nightbringers by Black Dahlia Murder. Mm. Nah. It's so fast. The, the, the blast Dahlia Murder. The, the fast <laughs> Dahlia Murder. Yeah. I don't know, man. This one just... The last two, this one and the one before, Abysmal, they just... It doesn't feel like them. Like, this one feels more like the Black Dahlia. They, they brought a lot of the melody back. Yeah. It's like... They brought the melody back of Nocturnal, and they just kicked it the fuck up with how fast it is. Yeah. Because Alan's such a great drummer. Maybe it's because I only listened to it a few times, so I don't really... I can't really give you, like, a proper... You know, like opinion, but it just never stuck with me. Like I'd listen to it and be like, "Oh, okay, that's cool," but I wouldn't be like craving it and wanting to come back to more yeah. and more and more. What like, you crave? Yeah, because some of the records that I'm listing, like these are records that I can listen to like almost any day. Like these yeah. are like my. I, I kind of did it where they're like some of like my favorite metal records, and that's why I wish they would be Grammy nominated. Yeah. So this is actually a very <laughs> unrealistic list. I didn't know that this was allowed. I, I would have been picking older shit. I am sorry. Because lately I've been listening to a lot of uh, None So Vile by Cryptopsy. Yeah. That album fucking rules. It's so fast and you're talking about bass playing. Listen to that shit. I've never honestly sat down and listened to a Cryptopsy record. That one's great. It's really one of the few I've listened to. <laughs> yeah. Their, their newer album's pretty good, though. Their newer EP. Yeah. It's really quick. Okay. It, it's nice. It's not overproduced. Yeah. The drums are still a little bit sloppy, even though they're super mm-hmm. fast and technical. Yeah. It sounds very human. Yeah. Good. I like that, uh, too. Like, I hate it when everything... We've talked about that before, too. Like, 100% perfect. It's like, why? It doesn't sound sliced and diced. Yeah. They didn't say, oh, that bass drum note's wrong, and then move it over a millisecond. Okay, now it's good. Yeah, which people do that. Yeah. You know, it's, it happens most, a lot. most bands do that. Yeah. Most most metal bands. You know what band I think probably does that? What? My number two, Hatebreed, with the Concrete Confessionals. Probably. Now, the reason why I put this this record on here is because at first I did start doing the list for like last year to this year yeah. records, and this one came out last year, is because they once again proved that they are the kings. 
You know what I mean? Like that record was produced so good. Too. It was. It's like it, a sledgehammer. Yeah, it wasn't. It's like concrete. Hard. <laughs> yes, dude. Jamie Jasta. <laughs> the fucking. It's probably the weirdest dude ever. I swear. Like. That's fucking hard. It's so he, funny. He has to know. He has to be in on it. Too. That's. Yeah, yeah. I'm, does he have a shirt that says it? He should. I. I it's he, like a double entendre. Hard. <laughs> Okay, and remember that shirt you had, hard as a rock on the back? Yeah. I thought that was awesome. <laughs> That's how I feel about this record. It's hard as a fucking rock. And you said it perfectly, too. It is like a sledgehammer just, like, breaking yeah, into concrete. fucking seven enemies. Dude. <laughs> Straight up slam. I know. It must have been hanging with John Gallagher, a dying fetus or something. It doesn't, it doesn't make any sense. Like, because there was, like, a string of records throughout the 2000s that... Like, and I'm not going to say I'm the biggest Hatebreed fan, and I've been listening to them forever, because yeah. it took me a long time to get into Hatebreed. I tried and tried and tried, you know, but, and I'm probably in the minority when I say that this is actually my favorite Hatebreed hate record. Is it because I'm a newer fan, and this just came out? Maybe. Is it because it's that good of a record? Probably. Every song is sick. Yeah, it's really been the only one I could listen to all the way through, because... I've always liked like a song or two by theirs, but I know it was always kind of boring. I don't know. Yeah, um, I I like you know their first full length record, Satisfaction is the Death of Desire, but it's kind of like what you just said, like and same with Perseverance, the one that's after the one that they're touring on right now for the 15 year and 20 year anniversary. Mm-hmm. like even Jamie Jasta has said before, like they toured for Perseverance, I think last year for like a 20 or 15 year, and he was like, yeah. Sometimes we only play like the first half of the record because the last half is just boring, yeah. <laughs> you know, and that's kind of the sense or how it is with Hatebreed. But for me, with this record, I don't feel that, you know, I feel like every song has something in it that brings me back. And it starts off with that first song, A.D., yeah. The American Dream. Fuck, dude. I remember like he they're in the studio and like it was like right when I first got into Hatebreed and um, they were in the studio and he's like announcing the name of the record he's like all right this is the concrete confessionals and i'm like what <laughs> like me and a bunch of friends were like this is gonna be the dumbest fucking record it's gonna just be caveman just dumb like yeah dude <laughs> no this is a fucking heavy record and it's fast oh yeah it's very fast <sighs> There's some, uh, the whoa. Yeah, it's like punk. Vocals, yeah. Like, oi kind of rock. Like, oh, dude, it's so sick. And it's like deep woes. Yeah. You don't hear a lot of bands with, like, the deep manly vocals. Yeah. It's like, what? They have sing-alongs for the men. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> dude, looking down the barrel of today. Dude. That song grew on me a lot. That, okay, going back to... Listening to like, it's like almost I said, like hip hop flow. <laughs> dude, really, he is doing that. Yeah. And um, that was one song that when I was training for my powerlifting meet back last year in the end of the year, December, like I would listen to that song. Like, cause uh, when you're leading up to a powerlifting meet, you practice heavy singles. Cause you know, the powerlifting meet, it's best of each lift. Like mm-hmm. you get one of each, that's what you're graded on. And so anytime I had a heavy ass single, I'd put that song on. You know, and I would put it on like the loudspeaker in the little training room that we were in. And I'm just like, I got this, you know, because that song is just it's so fucking sick. It's heavy. It's positive. It'd be like, oh, fucking polar. Yeah, While dude. Fucking... And I'm like squatting yeah. up. <laughs> dude. Oh, my God. I'm getting chills thinking about it. Like, I guess that means that I'm uh, a uh, 
Do hate breed fans have a name? Breeders. <laughs> Haters. Breeders. Hate I like the Breeders. Hate, hate breeders. That sounds awful, dude. Yeah. Like you just hate fucked a girl and got her pregnant, right? I'm sorry. Jesus Christ. What's your next one, dude? <laughs> um Fit for an Autopsy, The Great Collapse. That album was amazing. Yeah. There's a little bit of clean singing, kind of. It's very manly clean singing. Okay. It's very uh, socio-economical. Yeah. <laughs> Lots of stuff about the uh, the oil pipeline in, what was it, South Dakota, which recently broke and spilled, like, a ton of oil. Really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's never going to break. And then it fucking broke. I haven't been following that at all. Yeah, but they got a song about that and just the, uh, what, terrorism and religion with that hang, heads will hang about the end of the world. It's just really fucking heavy. And it's like the saddest death metal release I've ever heard. Yeah. <laughs> it's sorrowful. I mean, they were, they did write a song and were featured on the Depression Sessions. Yeah. So, I mean. Which was also great. Yeah. I love Black Hole Sun, the cover. That, uh, that was so good. It really was. It was like doom. Yes. Like, if they wrote a record, like, just that. I wish they would. I, I do, too. <laughs> and then also, uh, Thy Artist Murder song on there it was really good. Yeah. That kind of actually made me listen to them a little more and pay yeah. more attention to that band. Because I was like, whoa, where, why haven't I really been listening to them? These guys are actually really good. Yeah, it's not on my list, but their new album's really good, too. I haven't listened to it yet. It's really death metal-y. And same with... Uh, uh, fit for an autopsy you had me you were like hey you should check this out and yeah I, you kept hounding me to do it and i did a few times in the gym but i haven't actually really sat down and listened to it now i really want to yeah. after talking to you a little more about it right yeah, now that's good I, I need to get on that um it's cool when this doesn't sound cheesy and silly but that's why i love hardcore and punk because it has more feeling yeah you know, i'm an emotional guy i love you know positive songs stuff like that but i also love depressed songs you know i love feeling and heart a lot of death metal eh, it's like fantasy you yeah know? i'm gonna slice this girl open and play with her mutated mutilated body yeah. you know stuff like that but it's cool that a death metal band in this time can write a good solid death metal record and express feeling about i mean a lot of them do sing about religion and stuff like that but yeah. you're talking like it's God, like it's it's depressed. Yeah, that's very. that appeals to me, and I'm like, why haven't I been listening to this then? Yeah, same thing with the new Acacia Strain album, Grave Bloom. Yeah, yeah, it's very very depressing, and Thy Art Is Murder is super angry. I think that might set them apart from set those bands apart from other bands. Just yeah. the emotion in it. Yeah, I agree. So, my final band, final band and record on this. Again, this band could be and should have been graminated. We're going to use that for now. Graminated. <laughs> Every time I die with low teens from last year. Yeah, that's number five on my list. Why isn't that? Like, instead of August Burns Red, it could have been Every Time I Die. Yeah. Like, they have hits. You know, like they were in Guitar Hero. They were in Guitar Hero. Was August Burns Red? No. Like revival mode. Like these are like you know later in the in their catalog, but yeah. like revival mode. Dude, they had a member from Danzig. The guitar player of Danzig came and did the solo on that. Oh, That's really? fucking sick. I didn't even know that. Yeah. Um. It remembers. 
the banger. That song with was Brendan Urie. How was that not not? That's what I'm saying. Like that you was sit there, like super mainstream sounding. That could have got radio play. And it had Brendan Urie, who is super mainstream. Yeah. Like, Panic at the Disco is no longer Panic at the Disco. It's just Brendan Urie. Yeah. So and you have him on the CD on the record on a song, and yet you're still not graminated. <laughs> like I don't understand. And that record flows very well. It does. Very well. And it's funny because, like, I actually, when it first came out, you and I talked about it. And I was like, eh, it's okay. It's cool. It's not my favorite. It's still not my favorite every time I that record. No. Yeah. That actually changes a lot for me. Yeah. I was thinking about it uh, earlier while I was driving. But that one's definitely in the top, like, three now. Yeah. Because. That one's great. Like I said, it flows. Every song is very good. Keith is angry. As per usual, he, he talk, he's got a lot of stuff to talk about. And that's another reason why I don't understand why they're not graminated. It's because of Keith. Yeah. Like, why isn't he up for a Grammy nomination for best lyricist? Are you kidding me? He does it better than most do. He can paint a picture in a song. He can tell you a story. He has a song about his wife being beat. He goes oh, out yeah, every more. night and plays yeah. that song. You know, that's still on their, their set list. That song is emotionally just like oh you know he just sings about going and fucking killing that guy and yeah. bringing his like beating heart back to his wife fuck <laughs> give him a gramination give me give him a gram give him a gramination what is your favorite every time i die album right now <sighs> mine usually comes back to x lives fuck it usually sits there Hot Damn is high up there. Low Teens and Parts Unknown. That's it. Thank you. I was trying to think of what it was called yeah. from Parts Unknown. I don't know if it was just it came into my life at like the perfect time. Like we were living together when that record came out and we saw them uh, on Warp Tour that year. Oh, yeah. That was awesome. You know, was and right after it came out. Yeah. And I listened to it from front to back a lot in my car. I just had the CD in there and just I don't know. Like I loved it. Like I loved the production. I love because it's a like gritty, mm. you know, and it's cool because that's the CD that they went to to God City and recorded with Kurt. Yeah, Blue. yeah. It's like why did you not record with him? It was probably I think the reason why they didn't again is because it was probably just kind of hard to record with him. Because if you watch the videos, you can see a lot of like tension, and it just kind of like feels awkward watching them like <laughs> talk back and forth. There's one line where uh, Kurt's like, he's like, yeah, these these riffs are cool, but I wrote them 20 years ago, and yeah. I was like, oh. That's I think that's what Andy was saying when Kurt first discovered Every Time I Die, like a long time ago. That's what he said to Andy. Yeah. And Kurt's like, I did? Oh. Yes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I love that. I think that's pretty funny. I, th I think the only Every Time I Die CD I don't, I don't really care for is probably Gutter Phenomenon. That's, that's funny it because... Just, it doesn't stick. Yeah. No. It's, it, it's definitely they're more poppy. Yeah. That was the first record I listened to yeah. by them. I mean, there's some really heavy stuff, but there's just a lot of simple breakdowns in it. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I, but it's funny, though, because, like, what came out after that? Was that New Junk? After that was The Big Dirty. The Big Dirty. See, that, that's another one that yeah. I couldn't really get into. I, I like that one. I like that one better than Gutter Phenomenon, but I don't listen to it that often. Yeah. I listen to, like, Pigs is Pigs is really good. And, uh, Werewolves. Like, no son of mine. Werewolf. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. New Junk is up there. New Junk is really weird, but it's up there. That was the first record I actually listened to by them. I saw it in a Best Buy and bought it. 
And I was very surprised at how heavy it was because I had seen them on Guitar Hero and I was like, oh, they're okay. Yeah. Well, see, for me, it's funny because, like I said, Gutter Phenomenon, 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 Phenomenon. The first record <laughs> that I listened to by them, and then I didn't, I didn't hear anything off of uh, the Big Dirty, and then fast forward, like I kind of like gate, like I was like, eh, whatever, they're they're cool. New Junk comes out, and I didn't listen to it at first because I was like, okay, whatever, you know, I, I under, I hear, they, I know how they sound, it's it's cool, it's whatever. But then I listened to New Junk, and I'm like, this is the same band that did the New Black. Like yeah. to me, it was just so crazy because the New Black is so mainstream and like tame. New Junk Aesthetic is very heavy, oh, atmospheric, yeah. and they only have one like really like catchy, catchy song on that record, and that's probably one of their most popular songs now. Why can't I think of the name of it? I know what you're talking. Wanderlust. Wanderlust. Yeah. yeah. Like, I'm surprised if there was a. I'm surprised it wasn't in another Guitar Hero. You know, but I don't know. That's another band that just keeps. They have like a formula for how they write their songs. But they keep pushing that formula, that boundary, and they keep getting better yeah. at it and better and better. And it's funny because the more I listen to their records, the more I love it. And that's like I said, that's how I'm feeling right now with low teens. Like it started off, I'm like, okay, it's cool. Yeah, meh, whatever. And then I'm listening to it more and more. Like today, I'm like, oh, fuck, dude. This might be like in my top yeah. three now. I feel like they really turned up the intensity with X Lives. Because I was listening to it the other day and just underwater bimbos from outer space that i want to song, be dead with my friends it's it's so heavy and it's like jesus christ where'd this anger come from yeah like what what was it like probably 10 years into their career at that point mm -hmm. something like that 10 or 11 yeah and then uh from parts unknown uh, this is even angrier and heavier i was like what the hell's happening <laughs> i know and then low teens is like even they took all the humor out of low teens for the most part yeah I mean, I didn't want to join your cult anyway. Has kind of, kind of some tongue-in-cheek lines, but it's it's probably their angriest record. Yeah, like legit angry. Mm -hmm. And it's funny because at that point, Keith, uh, he didn't quit drinking, yeah. but he sobered up. He quit smoking mm -hmm. and stuff like that. You know, like he would just have like a glass of like you know whatever. So it's not like he was like drinking and writing lyrics and getting angry about it. He was, he's, I don't know, he just just pissed off. And I love it, and it really shows in that record. Mm -hmm. But those are our, you know, five records that deserve graminations. Graminations. Now, like these are obviously what these bands would never be graminated, which is stupid. Because every time I die, I feel Deflin deserves it. Especially if the people who pick these Grammy thingies would be, you know, if they actually sat down and listened to the bands. I swear to God, they did not listen to Forever by Code Orange <laughs> because that wouldn't have been graminated. I'm still so surprised at how popular it is because it's so inaccessible. I mean, yeah. it's it's still they have like Bleeding in the Blur, but most of the records just so insanely weird and mm -hmm. brutal. I don't. It's it's weird. Yeah, and you gotta wonder if. If they can get that popular, how come all the other bands aren't that popular too? Right. So I feel like people really want heavy music, but nobody will actually put it on a national platform. Yeah. Because, I mean, you see how much money and how popular they can get. Imagine if they pushed other bands like that. I know. Uh, I know this band's not really a metal band, but they're also kind of doing the same thing for mm -hmm. hardcore, Turnstile. Turnstile? Yeah. They're, they're on Roadrunner, too, They're also right? on Roadrunner, yeah. But Do they, they have don't, anything new? 
they put out a song. Oh, okay. It, oh, yeah. Yeah, I think you remember heard that one time. Yeah. Listen to it. It's like it was okay, but it was like the same thing over and over and over. Yeah. It, I mean, I don't know. They're they're trying to capture a different audience. They're trying to capture those like the '90s kids and yeah. stuff like that. You know, because that's like what's popular right now is the '90s revival. It's not like I can even really say anything because the stuff that we've been working on lately yeah. is kind of influenced by '90s bands. Baggy, baggy flannels. Yeah. Except this time, instead of like grunge pants, it's really tight pants and baggy flannels. Yep. I'm hi. That's me. (laughs) Vans shoes. (laughs) I'm really skinny, but I'm wearing like a two XL shirt. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know, but I don't know. I think that's just about it for this episode. Yeah. I really got nothing else to say about this gramination bullshit. Yeah. Graminations. We're gonna try to be a little more not up to date. I'm stupid. We're gonna try to make more episodes yeah as much as we can i think our first one came out in like july or something like yeah that. yeah it's yeah. like in november yeah this is a bi-yearly podcast <laughs> i would like uh, it'd be cool to do it weekly but if we do it bi-weekly that's cool too you know i just want to talk more about music and stuff like that and yeah. other things and we I were kind of listening to more music yeah <laughs> we were also kind of talking too i know no one's gonna hear this when i say it anyway if you guys would like us we could talk about other things as well on this podcast. Obviously, it's music driven. Yeah. But if you want to hear our opinions on certain things, even as like, I don't know if Chris would want to do this, but like things that are happening in politics, like with fuckboy Trump, yeah. um, things Fuck like boy. movies and other things too. It doesn't have to just be music, but we love music. We should just start talking about whatever. Yeah. We I can mean, center it on music and then wherever it goes, it goes. It's kind of what just happened on this podcast. Yeah. And that's what I like. So, farts. Bye. Bye.